White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Wall 23 Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter, and the show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and if you want to go to our YouTube page, click subscribe and also the notifications bell while you're there so you can check out any time we drop a video. Without further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Doing fine, Herbie. And also, don't forget to give us a nice five-star rating on iTunes and comment how much you like the show. Uh, even if you don't, we enjoy constructive criticism, but just interact with us so we know that you're out there and so that the, uh, the iTunes store knows that you guys are out there as well. Here we are tonight, Herbie, episode 163. Happy Friday to you guys and gals out there. Uh, we'll be, if you're just checking us out here on Friday morning, tonight we're going to be doing 108 Fest, okay, with the guys from the 108. And Herb and I are going to be speaking on the panel there. There's going to be so many great folks there talking socks. Uh, our, our, our friend Layla Rahimi from the score is going to be there as well. Uh, Lucas Giolito's dad, Rick, Rick Giolito is going to be there. So, uh, you know, we're going to race home from work and try to jump on this Zoom. and, and Yeah, uh, Margulis too. Yeah. Josh Nelson. Exactly. So basically any all the great Sox talkers out there are going to be participating. It's going to be a fun thing. I gotta, I'm going to have I, my hair cut and uh, my beard trimmed up so I don't look like a homeless dude. Uh-huh. I mean, nothing wrong with looking like a homeless dude, <laughs> but unless you are not. Yeah, are, are the waves going to make me seasick? Ooh, everybody's going. Take your pills, <laughs> friends. Get aboard. <laughs> take some scurvy. I mean, take some uh, vitamin C so you don't get take, scurvy, take too. Take some scurvy. Land ho. Um, yeah, so it's going to be fun. So check us out tonight if you're listening to this on Friday the 29th. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to uh, give some uh, Sox predictions and have some adult beverages. And uh, hopefully you guys will indulge along with us. But go to those guys' uh, website uh, from the 108 and it has all the information there on how you can watch it. All right, so tonight's episode, it, this is not one that I expected to do before February even happened. You know, you know, we have been leading up to this point for a while, but I thought it was a day that wouldn't come as the Sox are in their World Series window. It appears, Herbie, uh, the White Sox are, are broke, okay? Jerry Reinsdorf is poor. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know me, I, I'm always trying to get a, a great guest for the show, so let's let's we'll get to the great guest in a second here. But uh, Bob Nightingale was on the score yesterday with Chuck Swirsky, and when asked about the topic of Nelson Cruz, someone who's been at the you know one of our uh, talking points the past week or so with Hector Gomez, and Sox fans are going to be expecting some news. Well, I guess this is news, but probably not the news that Sox fans were hoping for. So on the topic of Nelson Cruz, Bob Nightingale was asked, is it a possibility for the White Sox? And here's what Bob Nightingale said about the White Sox. The White Sox are tapped out with money. Oof, uh, okay. Uh, the White Sox are tapped out with money. All right, let's get to the bottom of this. I, I have... I have secured Jerry Reinsdorf to come on the show. Uh, without any further ado, here's Jerry Reinsdorf. Jerry, um, would you please sign Nelson Cruz? I don't want to. 
help me, I'm poor. Oh, no. <laughs> just awful, awful things of trans. This is so, all happened so quickly, this unravel. It just seems like yesterday we were applauding the organization for signing Liam Hendricks and talking about what was going to be next. And we're talking about Trevor Bauer. You know, he's on our wish list. And things are looking good for your hopeful 2021 AL Central champion White Sox, but uh, it appears the White Sox are done spending on the free agent market here, uh, at least until the season gets going. Okay, we have to establish a couple things before we get into this topic here. Uh, One, do we think Bob Nightingale is bullshitting? Uh, Do you think that he's incredibly sourced, as we know he always has been the, I guess you could say, mouthpiece for Jerry Reinsdorf and Kenny Williams, either for information or disinformation, whatever you have, you know, he's got the ear of the White Sox brass. So do you think Bob Nightingale is telling the truth here? Well, let's establish that right out of the shoot. Well, first, yeah, when I and when people hear the word sources and what's going on with reporters who get scoops, from my experience and tell me if you're from your experience in the industry, Chris, these guys, reporters, are getting sources. And when they say sources, they usually do mean people high up would, who would know the information that has been given um, and don't want their name to be associated with said information. So I think in this relationship of being somebody's source is sometimes throwing them off honestly, like, they know that they're sometimes are getting used for the information that they can provide to their audience. So in this case, I believe that Mr. Nightingale is truly thinking that the White Sox have no more money because they have told him so. I think what the White Sox are doing is fishing for response. So Bob Nightingale puts it out there for everybody to see, and they say, okay, um, I don't like this as White Sox fans. This is not good. A couple of White Sox fans say, you know what? The team is good. We don't need more. Always, you know, guys who are always on the side of the White Sox brass and whatever they do is not wrong. Those guys are out there. But for the most part, the fans have poo-pooed this. And so I think sometimes the White Sox go off of this. They say, if we just stay right here, we'll be, will we be good? With the fans, will the fans support the team that we have on the field? Liam Hendricks, we picked up Lance Lynn, and we picked up Adam Eaton, and got you a new manager. Will that suffice for the team, or for you fans? And since the positive uh, response that they were looking for is really, really, um, I'm probably in the minority, would you say? They're going to be going like, ah, man, maybe we should be spending a couple more dollars. And it sets up the narrative of, Man, we were we were strapped. Bob was telling the truth, or or you know uh, that guy, you know that report. You can't believe reporters. Whatever they don't know who we are. Jerry just reached in his pocket for an extra thirty million. Sox fans, you gotta love Jerry Reinsdorf, don't you? <laughs> so this this all works in the White Sox favor. If they would have got a positive response, they're like, okay, we don't have to spend more money. You guys were cool with what we did in the offseason. You guys told us so on Twitter, and we're seeing the response there. And if it doesn't work out like when the negative response they've been getting so far, they can always go to their pockets again and say, hey, guys, that was <laughs> nonsense. Of course, we spent this money. You, you see Nelson Cruz on his team. Bob said there was zero percent chance. Hmm? Who do you trust? And so I think Bob is genuinely thinking the White Sox have told him this. 
since they told him the stuff about Tony Russo. Some of those things are real. Right. Some of those things are to have people like Bob send those messages out. And Bob trusts the source because it's usually Jerry or Kenny saying these things. And they, of course, have power. Yeah. So, you know, another thing about sources, a lot of times when people say a source close to or a source tells me this or that, usually it's the person itself. Like, so if you're, th- you know, Bob Nightingale saying source says, you know, the, the socks are tapped out or whatever. Like he's speaking matter of factly about the socks being tapped out. Like he knows it to be fact. And he did get the, na- the, the LaRusa thing. He nailed that earlier this offseason. So I, I tend to believe, like you said, that he believes that that is true because that's what he was told by a very reliable source, probably Kenny Williams himself or Jerry Reinsdorf himself. So, you know, keep put that on the side and, and just know that as a thing. But also sometimes – what sources will do is they'll they'll hand out disinformation to a trusted reporter like that for the exact purposes like you said so they can come around later on and do the exact opposite so now the baseball world has it out there white Sox are done spending and it's it's important to note that it was on record yesterday that trevor bauer has only received one offer from from one team and that was the mets so you see the white Sox are poor national media runs with that Fans run with that. Maybe organizations, they, don't, they can't always believe this. They know this is chess and not checkers. They know that there's always another suitor that's going to come in at the last second, just like the Padres did with Manny Machado back in uh, 2019. So, you know, that that's another thing, another way to look at this is like they may be giving Bob bad information here because they gave him some on-point, razor-sharp information with the Tony La Russa thing. Or in exchange, they'll give him a scoop on, on a trade at the deadline, which we'll get to in a second. So there's so many different like ways that, that teams and reporters play this, but at just at taking it at face value, Bob Nightingale says the White Sox are tapped out. Now, just real quick here, like I believe – I totally get for baseball reasons why the Sox would not want to sign Nelson Cruz. You're hearing that the Twins are still interested for a two-year deal. And, you know, I don't know how comfortable I'd be for the White Sox with a two-year deal at a guy that's going to be 41, I believe, uh, once the season gets going. I totally get that. They're they're gun-shy from at the Enwood Encarnacion signing of last year. We talked about him at great length. It just wasn't a good year for him with the small sample size. He, he looked bad in spring training, but then when summer camp rolled around, he looked really good. And then once the season got going around, like he didn't look so good again. So maybe in a, in a 162-game sample, maybe that signing is a good signing and they wouldn't be so gun-shy. But I totally get why you wouldn't want to dump your resources into Nelson Cruz. Like, I, you know... Oh, he could. It's possible he could he could duplicate the seasons that he's been having. But at forty, like it's it's tough to bet on that after age thirty three, thirty four. But age forty, I'm not so sure. Like maybe they feel like I feel, just that their offense is going to be good enough. Like yeah, you want to leave no doubt. Like how we've been saying. But I think above all, like the the problem with the White Sox, if if they don't advance deep into the postseason, it's not going to be because they're they're not scoring runs. I think their lineup is deep. Uh, it's it's diverse. It's got balance. So I, I don't I don't think that the White Sox are going to have a problem scoring runs. And in a season where you have no idea when the fans are going to be coming through those gates, you just you just don't know. So I get why they wouldn't want to spend. You know, you heard reports of like eight million per for Nelson Cruz. Like so, you're talking about eight million dollars on this year's payroll for Nelson Cruz. I get why they wouldn't want to do that. But to say that they're just flat out tapped out. It, I think it's ridiculous, and, and if it's true, it's kind of disgusting because the, the roster is not complete yet. They, they still got some holes to fill. They still have a, a backup catcher spot that needs to be filled. Um, you know, your, your bullpen, while good, 
you know, we talked about that the other day. Like, you know, the the soft end of your bullpen could use a little hardening. You know what I mean? Like, you could probably get some better guys to, to switch out someone like Jose Ruiz. Like, you know, you're you're up by a lot, behind by a lot, guys. You, you can improve there. Maybe that's a spot for Ronaldo Lopez. But either way, there's still room to you know additions that need to be made here on this on this roster and it it, it would follow with everything we've known about the White Sox and they don't complete rosters but I I I hope that it's different this time around which is why I'm just going to say that I don't believe what Bob Nightingale saying is true he may believe it's true but the Sox know that this is not a complete roster they know that there are so many great options out there. Perhaps they're just laying in the weeds again, and they're learning their lesson from the Manny Machado sweepstakes where they were the front runners the whole time, and all of a sudden someone comes out and pulls the rug out from under you at the last second. So I'm thinking that's what this is. It's just a ploy, a feeler. I don't know how much that's a thing where they're seeing what the fan base feels because I think they would know that the White Sox fans are literally never happy about anything. So I think they know that that's always a safe bet. True, um, true. But, I, but I think – you know. I'm really hoping, man, because the, the thing that we always talk about with the White Sox is we, we hope that they would get rid of this stereotype is when they're competitive in their window that they would go after the top free agent on the market, okay? And Trevor Bauer is still out there, and for him to only have one offer is, is, is really gross. So I'm hoping that they come in later on and at least they're in the mix for it. You know, like I, I don't want to bore you guys talking about revenue here, but we all know – all teams have the money all the time. It's only—it's all a matter of who wants to spend it. And what concerns me now, Herb, and we'll get to some of the numbers in a second, but now you have teams like the Mets, who are well-documented, putting lots of money into payroll. They've got a good team, and they were you know not in the expanded playoffs last year, but here they are. They're putting themselves in a position where they're going to be fighting with the Nationals and the Braves out there in the East in a very stacked division. Don't forget the Marlins there too. They're trying to compete in an already tough division, and they're throwing money at their problems, which is something that the White Sox fans have wanted for so long. But also now you have a new team in the mix that was in the playoffs last year, but they lost to the Yankees, the Toronto Blue Jays, Herbie. Oh my God! Oh, are spending heck. money like crazy, and you know if you read that, there's a GM or a, a player agent survey out right now that uh, Bernstein was reading today on the show, and they were talking about unanimously people don't like playing in Toronto. But guess what? The the checks are clearing and the money's still green. Although, is the money still green? When you're when you're talking Canadian currency, it's not green. It depends however you want to get get your money. But the point is. The, the Blue Jays now are making moves, and now they got me a little nervous here that they're going to leapfrog the White Sox in the American League power rankings. You know, it's 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 quite a sight to see, man. Good for the Blue Jays. They just signed Marcus Simeon yesterday, a perennial MVP runner-up. They've already got George Springer, but the Blue Jays are going to be a force, man, and I'm really worried that the White Sox and they're you know, resting on their laurels and thinking that their roster is complete and Rick Hahn's team's on the floor. I'm worried that they're going to get – uh, leapfrogged here by pretty much any team because there's so many great options out there. Yeah, and uh, you should be worried about the Blue Jays. I think it was Patrick Nolan. No, it was Josh Nelson from Sox Machine. It's always Josh. He's so damn smart all the time. He posted a thing from Fangrass where they're, you know, of course, going over the projected war numbers that are going to be having for teams. And it was like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Blue Jays, and then I think the Astros, a couple other teams in front of the White Sox as far as team war. And, of course, there's somebody say, hey, you play the games on the field, not on paper. These nerds don't know everything. It's like just, just projection, guys. 
projection on each position and how the team's going to finish this year. The projectionists say that the White Sox are a top team, but if we're going back to the old rules of no expanded playoffs, the White Sox would be the fifth best team in the American League, but also the division champions. They still have them slightly ahead of the Minnesota Twins for sixth place in the American League. So, yeah, the White Sox are good, and they will compete this year. But the Blue Jays have already passed them up. I didn't think the Astros were too good, but they retained a couple people. When bringing back Michael Brantley is a big part of that, they're projected to be better than the White Sox are. Remember, they're getting Justin Verlander back this year too. So I'm thinking that the White Sox have to know, like you said, this is the incomplete roster. They cannot do the things that Rick Rick Hahn had espoused to do about competing for multiple championships. He didn't say one. He said multiple championships. And he said also the money will be spent. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that, Herb. Like that's what the, the main crux of all White Sox fans' angst, like the center of all of our anger is the money will be spent. The money will be spent. Which is you know famously what Rick Hahn said around the time uh, after the botched Manny Machado sweepstakes. And if you want to go back, you can read those quotes. But basically, the, the moral of it was when the Sox are ready to win, they, 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 they've got a surplus of cash that they're going to have because of, of moves they didn't convert on, like Manny Machado, and they're saving all the money with these team-friendly deals, that they're going to have money to go after free agents. And they've converted, I think, at a pretty good clip. You, you, Dallas Keiko last offseason, and, you, of course, Liam Hendricks this offseason. I don't know why they felt compelled to give money so early out of the shoot for Adam Eden, but we've talked about that already. But the whole money will be spent thing, and I know you throw the pandemic into it, and the, a lot of teams will use that as an excuse. The Mets and Blue Jays are not, but the reality is like you know maybe the white Sox should have gotten their shit together a little bit earlier uh you know and then they wouldn't be in this position you know you would have had a ring or two already hopefully by now like that's to me the way i look at it just as an outsider and i know it's tough because it's not my money but when i look at this thing i'm just like well it's it's too bad it's a tough break that your your championship window fell uh during a pandemic you know reminds me of the Sox. you know with the with the strike of 94 like you know bad things happen in the white Sox. like you're gonna have to overcome that and overcompensate and just suck it up a little bit and and spend more than than maybe you'd like to 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 bring a world series title to the team but then it reminds me of what we heard uh david sampson say about jerry reinsdorf and finishing in second place always leaving that carrot out there for next year which is what this roster right now seems like because there's so many great options out there still left on the table when you talk about the money and when i say that these teams can all afford it any player that they want they all have the money so we all know 40% of the team's revenue comes from fan attendance, okay? And White Sox, you know, they don't always have great attendance. So they get great tax breaks from the state of Illinois if they don't have over 2 million fans in attendance. So they're covered either way. It's not like the Cubs where so much of their profits, I'm not going to say that they lose money, but so much of their profits comes from people being at the ballpark, being at Gallagher Way, staying at the hotels, like, you know, making money hand over fist. The White Sox don't have that type of structure in place. So, you know, they, they do have to have people come into the ballpark, but if they don't, they get great tax breaks. And for about 18 years, 
you know, the White Sox had these 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 sweetheart deals, and now this is from a, an article. The year two thousand eight marked the end of the organization's eighteen year rent free agreement with Illinois. So eighteen years they didn't have any rent. Okay, um, and that just goes to show you, like they they have their little ways of of, of saving money. And that's why the second place comment always rings true to me when you when you talk about that because how many times in our life have the Sox drawn more than two million fans? You know what I mean? So they're not going to draw two million this year because of the pandemic, most likely. And so here they are; they're going to get a tax break from that, and it's just it's a shame. So you have that built in; they're already saving money there. Then MLB sells off Bam Tech, which is the offshoot of MLB Advanced Media, back in 2018, and that gave. Pretty much every team about fifty million bucks. Where did that money go? We'll never know. Uh, maybe you, they lumped it into some of these team-friendly contracts with Eloy and Luis Robert. But that's fifty million that you, they, they had a minimal investment at the beginning, and it paid off, you know, like crazy for these for these owners. Okay, so I don't know whatever happened to that money. They never there was never any spike in their payroll, uh, and you never saw the, the fruits of that. You know, so this is why it's so disappointing now in this off season that you're not seeing them being more aggressive because as it sits right now, the White Sox are 14th in payroll. Okay, that's that's pretty up to date to the minute here. And teams that are ahead of them, Blue Jays, like we mentioned, the Blue Jays have leapfrogged them. The Rockies, uh, the Astros, like you mentioned, um, you know, Boston's still there, but they're always going to be there. Uh, the Padres with their awesome moves, they're now in the top six uh, they're, they're number seven, actually. They're, they're top seven in payroll. And, of course, you have one, two, Dodgers, Yankees. And it goes to show you, you don't have to be a top five payroll team to be successful because you have the Angels here at number three. They have the number three highest payroll, and we know the Angels are not that smart all the time. But nope. that's the thing with the White Sox, though. They're not as smart as the A's or the Rays. So they need to spend money in the top 10, I think, to really be competitive. I don't know if you, you agree with that premise or not, but it just it's, it's why this is all frustrating to see them middle of the road once again in payroll, which is about where they were 10 years ago when they were you know caught in between mired in mediocrity, as Rakan famously said. Yeah, 100% agree with you. It is a shame that the White Sox spend what they spend at this point of their uh... – development like they did great job Rick Hahn specifically with getting these players signed to long-term deals so you can be in situations like they're currently in the players have matured they're making minimal money you're going to supplement the places that you don't have players developed with free agents or trades so there's roster uh, holes right now for starter and also in right field. If you, I mean, DH, right field is fine. It's, it's all right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so you're supposed to, at this point, if they're going to be following the rebuild thing, which they took from other teams, the Cubs, the Mets, other teams, the, uh, the Royals, the point where the White Sox are at right now is supplementing the talent that is deficient with free agents and or traits since they're tapped out Bob Nightingale <laughs> they have to trade what they have and you said it right they're not the A's they're not Tampa Bay they can't dig into resources they can't draft and develop people that are desirable right now for other teams without losing 
what they have on the major league foot, uh, major league baseball field. And so they don't have that ability to just be like, okay, we're just going to go with the guys we have on the field. And because we don't have enough money, but we're not looking to compete. Tampa does that recycles. They traded Blake Snell. I guarantee two years from now, Tampa Bay Rays again, you know, yeah, they, dr- they draft, and de- they draft and develop the Sox do neither. Yeah. And so, that same thing with Oakland and the, their rich ass owner, one of the richest owners in the game, cries poor. We're don't get enough attendance. We're in Oakland. We're not those rich cats over there in San Francisco. We're poor as hell. So we're not going to spend our money on people that we draft and develop. And when it's time for them to make money, they got to get the fuck out too. the White Sox are not, unfortunately not in that position. If they were in that position, I'll be pissed at not spending money, but I'll also understand. I'm like, you know what? They do such a great job of getting guys and then coaching them up to the major league level. I'll let them do that. The cheap way, it might win one of these days. But the last, what is it, the last 20 years, I believe, or there's been every champion has been in the top half of payroll. Every single one. So the Oaklands, good stories. Making playoffs. No rings. They're never taking home the crown. Yep. Tampa Bay has been to the World Series. Tampa Bay has not come away with the trophy. They don't spend enough money. When you're in this position, as the White Sox are, they need to be on the other side where they're like, we need to spend money. And if you're crying poor, sell the team. You don't see Steve Cohen crying poor. He's got affected. He's got a couple dollars. You don't see Artie Moreno crying poor. That man spends money, but he spends it dumb. You have good people on your staff that are no talent, but if you allow them to do it, do their jobs correctly without doing these cheap ass things like the Adam Eaton thing, which I think I heard you today saying that the Adam Eaton thing might have cost you going to get another player because you got him so early in the in the free agency period, and then you're acting poor after you sign Liam Hendricks for thirteen million this year, not fifty four million as Bob <laughs> Nightingale put down. Yeah. These numbers, and we knew this. I think we spoke about it. Like, we would love Liam Hendricks if it didn't subtract from player X going forward. I think you said it specifically. You're like, man, I love Liam Hendricks, but I think if this is Jerry Ryan, so I'm talking about, this is a subtraction of the money he had in the pile for free agents, and it's gone type of thing, and that's that's the sad part about it, and I said that was a continuation move, Liam Hendricks, for another move, and it's sad, and I said it was a net negative at the time, the offseason, and this is what we're left with. This Jerry Reinsdorf mentality is just tiresome. Cheering for this team is tiresome <laughs> when you know that it's not going anywhere, but you put so much time and faith and, and effort and love and sweat and all that stuff so you're not going to leave him. He knows it. So it's a uh, it's a catch twenty two. You hate being a White Sox fan, but there's nothing more that you want to be than a White Sox fan, and for your whole life. Yeah, and and I do believe this team is going to be good, and they're going to do good things, and they're going to go deep into the postseason. My fear is that a team that's outspending them that wasn't necessarily ahead of them uh, going into the off season is all of a sudden going to going to overtake them. Like you know, I I guess I could live with the Yankees beating them, even though I think that the talent is right up on par with them. You know, but uh, the Blue Jays beating them, I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. Uh, but there's no reason to panic. You know me, I do have a measured thought for this. Um, I'm going to tell you why on the other side of a quick timeout. 
why you should not worry if the White Sox don't get Trevor Bauer and why maybe Rick Hahn may have something else up his sleeve for the trade deadline. Stick with us right here. We'll be back in a second with Locked On White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And now, somehow, the new and improved Built Bar is even delicious-er. They've got six brand new flavors that'll get your mouth watering and cure that sweet craving. Apple Almond Crisp, Carrot Cake, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry Barcia, Cookies and Cream, and Caramel Brownie, just to name a few. And there's also the 12 original flavors that you guys have heard me talk about so many times here on the show. Take it from me. I just ordered an 18-pack for myself at home. I probably could have got it for free from the company, but I'm hooked. I'm hooked on Built Bars now, okay? I found my favorite flavor, and it's coconut. Think about one of the top candy bars on the market, coconut chocolate candy bars. It tastes just like that, minus the sugar. It's so chocolatey, delicious, and easy to chew, and they're great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight or just you know curb those sweet cravings like I do. I have a box at work. It's dwindling down. I may have to order another one, and I've got one here at home for after dinner, and it fills me up and cures my sweet tooth that I have every night, and it's a healthier option. Packed with protein, low-carb, low sugar with none of the guilt of having one of those candy bars or ice creams or cookies that I normally would have in the house. So do what I did. Go to builtbar.com now, use the promo code locked on. That's right, I used our own promo code locked on and I got 20% off my order. You can do the same with that promo code locked on for 20% off your order at builtbar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. You know, friends, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days, it's nearly impossible to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need at a traditional chain storefront. So why go through all that nonsense of going to a chain store while the person in the counter looks in their computer and only their inventory to see the parts that only their warehouse has? Why do that when you have access to a vast catalog of inventory in your pocket? By the way, it's on your cell phone and it's rockauto.com. It's all right there for you. There's a lot of reasons why you want to repair and maintain your vehicle, but the biggest one is to save money, right? You can much rather use that money for better things things, right? Like traveling once things open back up in the summer or who knows what else. Treat yourself. Look, here's a little secret that these chain stores don't want you to know. They offer different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like you and I. But rockauto.com, their prices are the same for everybody and most importantly, they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. It's so easy. You log on to rockauto.com, find the parts you're looking for, add it to your cart, buy it, and wait for those parts to arrive at your doorstep. Just like that. No silly email registration or forgetting passwords. No, no, no. Best of all, rockauto.com is a family business and they've been serving auto parts customers like you and I online for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com now to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or daily driver. Get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. Go to rockauto.com now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and do us a favor, write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to the show. 
Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Locked On White Sox, Herb Lawrence, Chris Tannehill back with you here wrapping up another fun week of Locked On White Sox. Well, it was fun up until uh, Bob Nightingale's reporting here, but uh, I mentioned how there, there's there's room for optimism, or at least less pessimism, I, I should say. So I mentioned why uh, you, you shouldn't freak out if the Sox don't get Trevor Bauer. Now, uh, with that said, I think they have a great opportunity to have an elite rotation and go deep into the postseason and be a team that no one wants to face, but if they don't convert and they don't sign Trevor Bauer, you shouldn't panic because I, I went back and looked at all the past off seasons and the best free agents in the class of, of those off seasons, and then ultimately who won the World Series the uh, the following season. Okay, so let's start with the 2014 off season, the infamous 2014 off season. The White Sox won that off season. Uh, many people said you had. Melky Cabrera, David Robertson, mm. uh, who that that didn't work out. They, you know, Melky just kind of fizzled out and still kicking around in the Dominican, living life, still being one of my favorite players ever. Uh, David Robertson ends up getting spun off uh, in the Blake Rutherford deal, and then John Lester going to the Cubs. That obviously worked for them. But in 2015, the Royals won the World Series. Okay, uh, yep. 2015 offseason. Names like Justin Upton, who I remember uh, Frank Thomas came, came on the score and wanted to throw all the money, wanted to throw $300 million at Justin Upton. That didn't work out so well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what, was he raw? I mean, $300 million I, might have been a little much. Yeah, but yeah. But the man was great. Yeah. Uh, up and coming, young too. Mm. Yeah. So Justin Upton, Howie Kendrick, uh, who ended up winning a World Series MVP years later, uh, Alex Gordon, and Joanna Cespedes. Now, the 2015 offseason – Herb, but this was one of the last off seasons where I was really mad about the Sox inactivity. Like that was you, you, you make the Breaking Bad comp all the time. You know the Sox going with their half measures when they should have gone all the way. That off season right there was a perfect example. You know there were there was conversations about them being in the mix for Alex Gordon and Joanna Cespedes was by far the best candidate for that team at that time. They end up making some trades, getting the Todd Father, and you know what happened to the 2016 Sox. They had a great start, fizzled out. The Cubs win the World Series, you know, and we know the history there. So after that, 2016 offseason, Cespedes again, Dexter Fowler, Aroldis Chapman. Okay. The Astros win the World Series. They didn't have either, any of those players. Send us in a trend here, 2017 offseason. You Darvish and JD Martinez. Now, this is one of the rare exceptions here. JD Martinez goes to the Red Sox. And it's just he's he's lights out that year, and he helps lead the Red Sox to another World Series. Okay, he wasn't the only reason, but he was a main reason. His professional at bats in the middle of that lineup with Mookie Betts solidified everything. He was he was a great acquisition, and that's why the White Sox wanted him a couple years after. Uh, so that one works. 2018 offseason, of course, Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. World Series going to the Nationals, so neither of those guys wound up on a World Series winner. 2019 offseason, Anthony Rendon famously to the Angels, Garrett Cole to the Yankees, who wins the World Series, but the Dodgers. So getting the number one guy in free agency far is what guarantee you even a trip to the World Series, okay? So don't freak out if the Sox don't get the top guy, even though the top guy just happens to fit exactly what they need for the rotation right now. So... What I'm getting to is this. Rick Hahn, he did leave a little breadcrumb here 
in that last uh, press conference he did about Liam Hendricks, okay? So this is before the Bob Nightingale tweet. We, we thought we've explored everything with what Rick Hahn said in that, in that press conference, but he did leave a little uh, breadcrumb here when talked about uh, other options and other acquisitions that are possibly on the table. There's certainly you know, a lot of interesting options still available, guys we've been in contact with since the start of free agency. Uh, how the next few weeks play out, we'll, we'll wait and see. I got, I got nothing more on the potential of additions at this point than what I've already said. So Rick Hahn says interesting options and guys they've been in contact with since the beginning of free agency. So that's, to me, that's encouraging right there. That doesn't sound like a man who is done making moves. Like He, he doesn't sound like Liam Hendricks was the be-all, end-all final move. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. And I said as much with the uh, Liam Hendricks episode that we had. But I'm just trying to figure out now with the Bob Nightingale tweet, what is the like if my harebrained theory was totally bullshit, which it is like they're sending out bad information just to see the Sox fans reaction. I don't understand otherwise what that benefits Jerry Reinsdorf or Rick Hahn to let the rest of the baseball world know that. They're not going to spend any more money, especially their direct rivals, the Minnesota Twins, who they're battling this player for. I I don't I'm trying to figure out the play there. Is it's just I'm thinking checkers, their chess level right now. I'm I'm like, why would you let them know like, hey, we're not going to spend any more money, guys. And hey, here's the guy that we were battling for. Now, you know, we're the only competition. You can get it for cheaper. Good luck. Maybe only one year if you wanted to. It's like, where's the benefit for the White Sox? Who who benefits here? Qui bono. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who benefits here. It's 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 certainly weird. Um, but there are options, right? There there there's some good options that could be available at the deadline, which. You know, this is another opportunity that the White Sox could explore. Like if they strike out in free agency or choose not to pursue certain guys because they don't like them or the money's not right or whatever, which would all be all be bullshit. Like they have the money. Um, but I'm thinking about Rick Hahn. I'm trying to put place myself in Rick Hahn's Teflon suit at the trade deadline. Okay, um, and looking at the same needs that the White Sox would have now, uh, most notably would be the DH. Okay. And here's a couple of guys that that I'm that I'm looking at here uh, at the DH spot who are in a, on expiring deals. Okay, they're going to be free agents at the end of 2021, and they may want to 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 bow out and 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 grab a title before they hit free agency. And the and the team that they're with may want to salvage and and get something for them so they don't just walk. The DH, there's a, two notable guys here that I would love to see the White Sox add uh, in at the trade deadline. What do you think about adding Jorge Soler to this lineup, Herbie? Yeah, it works. The <laughs> yeah. man has uh, proven that he is a power hitter, and his main problem with the Cubs and earlier in his career was staying healthy. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong there. A team full of uh, Latino players, so you're you're all good. He's I a threat. Yeah, a threat to take you fit deep. right in there. Every time he's up there, he's a threat to take you deep. But you know, it, it, what he hit fifty home runs a couple of years ago. You know, the guy's a, a monster, and I, I don't think the Royals are going to be a position where they're going to uh, ex- extend him. You know, so I think the the Sox could capitalize there. And another guy who I mentioned earlier, 
uh, depending on on how his season transpires. But JD Martinez, we know the Sox were already like after him a couple off seasons ago. But adding someone like JD Martinez at the deadline, it would be an intriguing option for the Sox. Hell yeah! I mean. Guy knows the division, playing all those years here with the Detroit Tigers. So, yeah, he's still a deadly, deadly weapon. And if the Boston Red Sox, who it looks like they'll definitely be out of the running since they trade away Mookie Betts last year, they're pretty much red flagged it because they were in the luxury tax last year. And we can't get into that just because that's bullshit. And the owners continue to make <laughs> excuses about being rich. So, yeah, Boston will not be close to the Blue Jays or the Yankees this year. So they'll be looking to, I don't know, maybe not even Tampa Bay Rays. Um, so they'll be looking to shed some payroll right there and also get something back for a guy that's going to hit, if he plays a full season, over 35 bombs. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm trying to get inside of Rick Hahn's brain here. And, you know, starting pitchers also intriguing, but I don't see a lot of these guys uh, moving. You know, Syndergaard is, is coming back. Uh, from from surgery in the middle of the season. I don't think they're going to wait for him to rehab and come back just to spin him off in a deal, especially with the Mets and the way they're throwing money around. So I think that's out of the out of the question. Kershaw, out of the question, I would think. Scherzer, most likely out of the question. I don't think uh, Mike Rizzo is going to part with him at the deadline. And the Nationals look like they're going to be competing oh, yeah. out there yeah. the AL, in the NL East. Yeah, and uh, of course, too, one other thing we haven't mentioned, like we don't know how many teams are going to be in the playoffs. So that could change the way the White Sox are operating a little bit. Uh, Verlander injured, uh, Granky maybe, um, you know, Dylan Bundy, but the, the options taper off here. So I think to pursue starting pitcher at the deadline, that's a risky proposition right there, which is why, again, circling back, your best bet would be Trevor Bauer. So there are options out there. I don't think you're going to pick up a backup catcher at the deadline. You know, Salvi Perez is going to be out there, but I don't think he's going to want to be backup. And he's probably he's going to be Mr. Royal. He's probably not going to leave. You know, so it's, there's there's some options there still for Rick Hahn, but that's that's it's really a gamble when you have more teams in the mix for a postseason spot and more teams more desperate. You know, you yes, you can take advantage of guys because we're seeing that you're, it doesn't take a lot to get top tier talent on the trade market. We've seen that all off season, but that's that's too risky. That that's that's too rich for my blood. There, if I'm Rick Hahn, what do you what do you think about a deadline move just in general? I would much rather err on the side of free agency, wouldn't you? I said this the other day with the Northside Sox pod the other day with Janice and Sam Sherman. I would a hundred percent rather pay a player to be on the team then give up assets to get said player. Yep. And and I know it's not money, but it is only money. You just have to pay this player and that player agrees to the deal. To acquire a player giving up assets which that's why I, the main reason I didn't like the Lance Lynn deal is because you traded a valuable asset, a guy that I think is going to be a stud down the line. And you get one year of him while Texas gets, what, six years of Dane Dunning? I, this is part of the reason why White Sox are pissed, too. You had signals to being competitive this year. The old manager you hired, the one-year deal for Lance Lynn, who is in his middle 30s, speaks to that the Liam Hendricks who is in his middle 30s as a closer you signed him for multiple years but he's in his middle 30s same thing Abreu he's getting up there in age all things point to 
going all after it. And so getting these guys via trade, it hurts. It hurts hard because you're trading an asset. So we're in the period right now where it's money. Just just dig a little deeper. Scared money don't make any. To make money, you got to spend some. So what are we waiting for? $30 million, that's what's holding you back. In the grand scheme of how much money you have, Jerry Reinsdorf, White Sox, $30 million for a championship. If you ask Jerry Reinsdorf back in 2005, would he pay $30 million to, to win another one? I guarantee we would have said yes, 100%. And on his deathbed, if he doesn't get this, and I'm not wishing him death soon, but he's thinking back of his regrets. He's like, man, 2021, all it would take to get Trevor Bauer was 30 mil. Man, and we didn't pay it, and we didn't win that championship. We didn't win any more championships before I passed. And I'm not, and I'm sorry for being hyperbolic, (laughs) but. Damn it! Like we're here, we're we, now. We, we've we're, been waiting. Like, we've been waiting for Mike Illich, you know, part two, Electric Boogaloo yeah, with Jerry Reinsdorf. We're yeah. like in that period we've been waiting for, and this is literally the best. Shit op- just to the, stall out. It's, it's the, irritating. It's the best opportunity, Herb. This is the best roster that they may be able to construct here in their window, because again. Lance Lynn's only here for one year. You're only going to have depth like this for one year. So this could be this could be it. You know, maybe Michael Kopech and Dylan C's developing the top end guys, but you know, you 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 don't plan your future based on what you think could happen. Like any known commodities here. So this is their best opportunity to build a championship roster. And the way I see it, it's tough to repeat. The Dodgers are still going to be a force, but then you got the Padres right there on their heels. Like this thing is right there for you, man. For the White Sox, like they just have to, like you said, dig a little deeper. You know, so what else you got there? You know, we're going around the collection plate. Let's see what else you got. So, you know, hope- if you ask every White Sox fan, if he privately say, hey, see the ticket holders, man, just pitch in cert- a certain amount. I guarantee <laughs> if he asks all of us for a G, <laughs> yeah, we'll be pissed the billionaires asking us for our money. But if that's what it takes for us to win a championship, you think every White Sox fan wouldn't be like, I'll pay you the G for season tickets. How about that, Jerry? How about that? Herb Lawrence will pay a G plus oh for season tickets. Marking this. If you go and get Trevor Bauer, specifically Trevor Bauer, <laughs> I will pay for season tickets. I will. So I'll contribute. I'll help you pay for him, Jerry. I know you listen. I know Rick listens. <laughs> Come on through. All let's right. see what I'm doing today. Uh, listening to Ignorant Black and uh, an <laughs> audio boy. Uh uh, I guess so. Again, wow! Is Jerry Reinsdorf here? That's spot on. I thought Jerry Reinsdorf just walked in the room. Everybody, <laughs> man, he that... probably wouldn't call me ignorant black. I would say ignorant brown. <laughs> but I get you're saying Jerry, the Jerry I made up. Yeah, and, you're, and he's on the podcast with the guy from Boers and Bernstein who was playing all the clips all the time. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they, they wouldn't like our show. But yeah, man, there you have it right there. Her putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah, like that's you know that's. That's what it comes down to, man. So, you know, that's all I got, Herbie. We're already way past our, our allotment here, but we really had They're to get... kick us off. Yeah, they Te- will. Tech yeah. is done with us. They're out. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I got. Make sure you tune in to us tonight for the 108 Fest. It's going to be fun. I don't know what I'm going to be drinking yet, but I will be drinking, and it's going to be a good time. So that that's all I got. But this is our last chance to speak to you guys before Mailbag Monday. So how can they get a hold of us, Herb? Well, before that, um, we're still participating in dry January, which is weird. 
I mean, I didn't do it on purpose. You know, she was like, hey, let's, you know, let's do this. I don't even think she was doing it on purpose, but we moved. And so I think we drank our beer and wine on uh, New Year's and got that done with. And we haven't drank since. So tomorrow or tonight, later on with the 108, it's the 29th. Should I cheat? It's two days. Who cares? Or three days. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like I, I say, I should, I should bring out some tequila or something. I, I think we're going to beguile to Ooh. get a, a, a growler tomorrow. So I, I think I'll be getting some beguile. I don't know what she ordered. So I'll be drinking some of that, maybe some tequila too. That sounds good. You know, like they say, it's five o'clock somewhere. They're going to say it's February somewhere. Like I'm sure you know, it'll be February some places in the world. So that's good enough for me, I think. But yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, tonight uh, from the 108, the 108 Fest. It's going to be a good time, man. And I miss Sox Fest. Like it's going to be the next best thing, but I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to it. Send your emails, comments, questions, whatever you want to do for Mailback Monday. Talk to us Tuesday. What up Wednesday? Fun Friday at two locked on socks at gmail.com locked on socks at gmail.com with your comments, questions, whatever you want to write, not baseball related, baseball related, whatever they are. We read them all. Not all of them make our show. So for Chris Tannehill, Chris Tannehill on Twitter, me, Ecknerwall23, Herb Lawrence, and the show is at Locked On Socks, both on Instagram and Twitter. And follow us on YouTube because Chris Tannehill will be giving away a prize back to a random person for every hundredth subscriber on YouTube. So go there, subscribe, notification bell, tell your friends about that same thing. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked On Socks.